face the event. From brand ambassadors and event staffers to magicians and presenters, it's the one and only podcast to introduce the faces in and around the trade show and events industry. And here's our host, Scott Tokar. Well, welcome to Face the Event. This is episode number six. This is our sixth episode about the podcast that's all about trade shows, brand ambassadors, events, um, activations, going out there being a brand ambassador. This is the show for you. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great show for you this week. The guest that we have on this week has actually done more than 40,000 bar activations in over 30 years of his work with a major beer uh, company. If, if you ever wanted to know what it's like to be a brand ambassador and go from bar to bar to, uh, to sample, to promote a particular brand, this is the episode that's going to give you all the insight from someone that really knows what the business is all about. And every week we have a facepalm. This week's facepalm, an embarrassing moment, takes place after hours on a, on a trade show that was in Barcelona. So uh, doing this globally, we're going to hear kind of a, a facepalm um, moment from Barcelona. And uh, before we get started with all that, we're going to talk about your aching feet. I mean, your shoes. What, what can you do to make sure that you don't come home at the end of an activation with a swelling, aching feet. So let's get right into it. Here is, oh, my aching feet with shoes. Shoes, uh, what should you wear, especially at a trade show? You should wear something that follows the guidelines as, as close as you can and is comfortable. Shoes, okay, so definitely wear them. Day one, you usually wear something that's cute and stylish and maybe might hurt a little bit. But by day two, you are down to uh, maybe flats or tennis shoes. You're on your feet for eight hours a day, at least. And that's before breaks. If your feet are killing you, you are not going to give a good performance. So shoes are absolutely critical. You've got to invest in your trade show shoes. Heels you might think you're comfortable in, but after eight hours, it's a different ballgame altogether. You have to get something comfortable. Your feet are the most important part of your body when you're working on the trade show floor. I know you want to look cute in those little ballet flats or little low heels, but if your client allows it, let me tell you what to do. Get a pair of comfortable loafers, a half size too big, put a pair of arch support sport socks on, and then pull black dress shoes, black dress socks over them, and your feet will not be sore for the entire time you're on the show floor. Uh, First of all, it's a good idea to wear a different pair of shoes to and from the show than the shoe that you want to wear. Bring two different pair for a show and switch them off from day to day. Uh, and bring an extra pair with you. You're gonna to wanna to switch off. You don't wanna wear the same pair of shoes every single day. A lot of people wear in one shoe and turn in, uh, change into another shoe for the actual job. So make sure they are comfortable, supportive, and uh, something that you can change out again uh, walking to and from the trade show floor. And then bring a spare pair of tennis to change into afterwards. You know, I've, I've gone through a lot of different shoes and I had found that Johnson Murphy, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful shoe that they make, but they have a, a, it's a combination like a 
Rockport Soul with a Johnson Murphy Uppers. Whatever it costs, you search Rockports. Whatever brand is supposed to be super comfortable, you try them out, you get that pair. I would definitely never ever wear a shoe that you haven't broken in yet. Insoles are great. Compression socks are great. And a long time ago, a friend told me, buy your trade show shoes half size larger, and it has served me well. Your feet swell. Give yourself, give your feet a chance to breathe. Get some compression socks. Put your dress socks over them, or, or if, you know, if you can, your tights. Whatever you're, whatever you're wearing. <laughs> uh, my other little secret on shoes is, if, if at all possible, just don't stand in one place. You have to take the time to move around a little bit and, and uh, give your, you know, get the circulation going. Just make sure you're comfortable. And it seems like most people are doing tennis shoes, so that's my impression of shoes. They're there, they're in your bag, and you're gonna wear them. Well, we want to thank Alexis Bays, Larry Wyatt, Robin Bell, Philip Victor, uh, Jennifer Canali, Becky Jo Schwartz, Veronica Devaldi, and Rick Gerber for their insight on shoes. With over 40,000 in-person activations going to 40,000 different bars, this brand ambassador that we're going to talk to today is the world's expert when it comes to understanding what it's like to go into a bar, uh, do a promotion, be remembered, and keep his job for 30 plus years doing this kind of work. Um, our guest is going to share with us some of the things that he's learned uh, by doing this all over the world for Super Bowls and uh, World Cup events and uh, major golf outings. We're going to find out what he does at trade shows for this particular major U.S. beer brand. Now, the tips that you're going to learn today, if you're thinking about becoming a brand ambassador, are second to none. Because with 30 years of experience, he's going to tell us what happened 30 years ago and how this industry has evolved to what it is today. Now, how to be remembered in this industry today and how to achieve becoming not just a brand ambassador, but a brand activation lead, and then a regional lead, and then a world lead on something like this. Rick Gerber is a personal friend of mine because he's a magician as well as a brand ambassador. And you know that I'm a magician and this is what I do for a living. We're going to hear what it's like to be on the road in brand ambassador activations, as he says, on-premises activations. Uh, we're going to learn all of that from him right now. Without further ado, my good friend, Rick Gerber. All right, we are here with Rick Gerber. How are you today, Rick? I'm doing okay, considering uh, what's going on in the world right now. All is good. Yeah, we are we are taping this uh, during the COVID invasion. Um, if uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you know a year from now, you're like, what does he mean? It's like, well, yeah, we're we're we've got extra time on our hands right now due to the COVID thing going on. But yes, uh, we do. Now, Rick, what, obviously we know each other because we're fellow magicians. But uh, the reason that I asked you to come on to you know face the event is because um, you really are of all my friends the person that understands. Uh, activations, brand ambassador activations, bar promotions, because of the years that you've had with a major beer brand. Uh, what, what exactly have you done and do you do for, for, for them? So in terms of uh, uh, bar activations, which in the, in the business are called on-premise activations, 
Um, and basically, that's because the, the alcohol is consumed, consumed on the premises. So, um, so for on-premise activations, uh, it's gone through, a, you know, in the years I've been doing this, it's, it's gone through quite an evolution. Um, it used to be just the Wild West. You could do anything you needed to do to sell a product. And, um, uh, and then it became more and more restrictive, and, um, which for me became a good thing because that actually mean you had to mean, or it, it meant they had to be more creative. So, um, you know, so you're always looking for different ways to, to create a connection between the consumer and the brand. But at the same time, you're also trying to create a connection between uh, the establishment and the brand as well. So it's kind of twofold. You, you really have kind of two target audiences when you walk into a bar. Now, um, you, you have done this all around the world or all around at least the United States, right? Yeah, all over the world. Yep. And I, I, I've actually been into over 40,000 bars around the world. Seriously? Yeah. I, I don't. Is there anyone else in this industry that could even claim a number close to that? I, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Wow. So yeah. so um, would you. When you're activated to go to one of these events, do you stay in one location or do you like bar hop or, or what? Basically, we bar hop. Um, my, uh, my personal belief is I want to get in, make an impression as fast as I can, build the place up to a frenzy where everybody's having a great time. And at that moment, you just say, you know, thanks for drinking our products don't drink and drive, see you later. And you're out the door and you're off to the next bar. Um, and, and the reason why I've learned that is because if you stay past that moment, then people just want to chat with you and talk with you, which is fine. I love to talk to people, but it's no longer something really unique and special. It's become, you know, this guy that I hung out with in the bar kind of a thing. And, and I, I, you know, it's, it's the old adage, always leave them wanting more. And that's what I go for. Right. Now, now, when you go in on these activations, do you go in by yourself or do you go in with a team? Uh, what does that look like? Well, uh, they're always different. So um, rarely do I go in by myself. Usually it's the local distributor of the, of the you know, of the brand that's, that's brought me to that account. And they'll, they'll make the introductions. They'll introduce me to the owners or to the managers and you know, fill them in on, you know, what I'm doing. I thank them for their business. Um, you know, so we'll go in uh, a lot of times just by myself. Sometimes I'll have um, other uh, like brand ambassadors with me um, and they will uh, help um, kind of create the excitement. And if there's giveaways or, or things we want to do, um, I train them on, you know, how to best give things away during the promotion, how all that's going to work. So it depends on the place, but it could be either, rarely is it ever just by myself. It happens once in a while, uh, but usually I go with the team. So um, the, the the team that you're using, are they generally, like you might fly into Chicago to do uh, uh, an activation. Um, right. Is that team, that, that local team, someone that, that is just with you for one day or are they with you for a couple of days or just one bar? How does that work? So, so usually the local team, so yes, I'll fly into a market. And then uh, I'll meet the, the team um, usually a half an hour, an hour before the first account, the, you know, the first account call um, and kind of give them an idea of what we're doing, teach them, you know, what's expected of them and what works, what doesn't work with the team, so to speak. Um, 
but yeah, they'll spend the, the evening with me or the day with me. And it's usually the same people the whole time. And then the next day, uh, I'm off to a new town and we do it again. Or if I happen to be in for that market for multiple days, typically it's the same team in place for, for all the days. Tell me a little bit about the, the training. What, what do you do as far as the training? What, what's, what's the do's and don'ts of this uh, kind of thing? Well, um, basically, the, for, for me, the, the training for on-premise accounts, I just want the people to understand when I'm there uh, a couple of things. One, um, they're going to see the same promotion four, five, six, seven, eight times a night. And I have to remind them that you don't want to give away anything to these people who are going to be watching the promotion because to them, they're seeing it for the first time. You don't want to go, you know, oh, oh, wait till you see what's going to happen. This is going to be like really cool. It's like, let them experience it for themselves. You, you don't want to interrupt the, the consumer's experience. Um, that's one thing I try to teach them. The other thing is if we're doing giveaways or if we're doing samplings, uh, there's different ways to do that. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, in my case, obviously I'm a magician and it's a magic promotion. So, you know, I don't want someone in the middle of performing magic walking around handing out t-shirts or handing out hats or handing out, you know, chotskis of some sort because it's a distraction. People don't know where to focus their attention. So you always want people to focus their attention in, in one place at one time. So that may be it's time for the giveaways or it's time for the magic or you do some magic and a giveaway, magic and a giveaway. You know, you just you don't ever do them simultaneously. And then the other thing in my case where a lot of times we're buying the house, you know, a round of products and uh, you don't want to start buying people products while the show's going on. Um, again, it's just a distraction. And what I've what I've learned, my personal little thing that I do is at the end of my show, I'll say, hey, look, you guys have been a great audience. And um, and I'll yell across to the bartender where I'm doing the show from. And I'll just say, hey, what what you know, what products have we got? Which of our products do we carry here? And I'll let him name off our products. And then I'll say, okay, I'll repeat them. Okay, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. You guys have been such a great audience. If I just mentioned a brand that happens to be one that you drink, we're gonna buy the house around and I'd love for you to have, you know, have one on me. And if I just mention something you've always wanted to try, now is a great time to try a brand new product because um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you a chance to, to try these products. And but what it does, it makes the it makes the the sampling really special oh yeah it's an event then. you know it gets everybody excited and it builds up the energy all at one time and um you know as opposed to hey can i buy you whatever can i buy you whatever it's just you know you want to build that energy i see today a lot of the brand ambassadors that are assigned to say a, a liquor account that they uh that they'll say oh i'm going to be at uh, patty o'brien's from four to seven tonight and it, it's a just kind of hanging out there and maybe being the, 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 that, that, that person that they want to say hi to, you're doing something a lot more focused, aren't you? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, my, basically my goal is to create a fond, happy memory that you can immediately relate back to the brand. Uh, and, and that's in a nutshell. That's that's what I do. I want to create fun. I want to create excitement. And when you think back to that moment, you're going to remember the brand I'm representing. And that's always the challenge is 
how do you create that excitement? How do you create the fun? But how do you incorporate the brand so that the brand is memorable right along with it? So obviously our podcast is really aimed towards people that are in the event space and the brand ambassador space. So let's chat a little bit about what, give me your ideal brand ambassador. What do you look for? How can I help myself get hired to work for people like you? Uh, first and foremost, you just have to be a people person. Um, you know, courteous, I uh, can't get flustered. You're going to meet all kinds of people. Um, you know, and they're all, you know, potential customers and, uh, and plus you're in somebody else's account. And, and, and I, and I actually don't even like to say the word account. I like to say you're actually in somebody else's home. When you're in somebody else's bar, you're in their, their place of business. That's like their second home and you're a guest in their home and you're interacting with other guests in their home and you don't want to embarrass your host um, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an approach where you just want to, uh, you know, you want to treat everybody with respect and you have to have good people skills and, and, um, you know, be willing to just walk up to a total stranger and, uh, you know, and, and start communicating with them. And it's, it's hard to find those kind of people, but it's interesting because once, uh, and I'm going to relate back at one point, uh, I was, I had trained another magician, uh, that I was going to work with. Uh, for the company. And, um, and I was explaining to him then some bars, the best thing to do is jump up on top of the bar, get everybody's attention and do some magic for him. And he was like, what? It's like in a bar. And I'm like, yeah. And so I went in, I showed him a couple of times, you go into a bar and you get up on top of the bar and you yell out, hey, can I have everybody's attention for just a moment, please? And the place will go silent. And you've got about less than 10 seconds to do something really good before you completely lose control of the situation. But after you've done enough times, you know, you know what's coming and you know you're going to grab these people and you know they're about to have a great time. But there is that moment of fear when you first get everyone's attention in a loud bar, then you can hear a pin drop, you know, what's going to happen. And I remember the first time this guy did this, you know, he got up on top of the bar and he did that. And it was great. You know, I mean, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He got everybody's attention. He got everybody going and it was, and it turned out to be great, but you, you have to do it that one time. Once you get past that fear then it's it's there and you know you can't you can't you can't just you know don't let fear hold you back you got to be able to get out there and and just and do it so what about the i'm thinking more more about the the complimentary staff to you the ones that are handing out samples or t-shirts uh, or or that kind of thing uh, what do you look for in them what what makes them someone that you know is a great brand ambassador for a, a liquor brand or a, or a, or a beer or something like that yeah, and, and again, it relates back to people's skills. Um, one, obviously, that person needs to be trained on the product so they can talk to the consumer a little bit about the product. And, um, uh, you know, and there's an interaction. And, and somehow it's hard to teach people there's a balance between how much time you spend with the person before you're spending too much time with the person. You, you want them to feel a connection with you because the connection they're going to have with the brand ambassador is also a connection they're going to have with the brand itself. So you want the consumer to make that connection. 
um, typically someone with a good sense of humor, uh, somebody, um, you know, that's, that can, you know, hold a conversation, somebody who's generally interested in speaking to people, um, you know, that's the person you want. And it's hard to, it's hard to teach that to people. That has to be something that's kind of in your DNA. And beyond that, you can teach them about the product. You can teach them about how to interject information about the product, all that part of the training part, that's easy, but you just want to find a genuine people person. Well, you know, I, I know that, especially if you're in an established brand, that you're going to find people that are fanatics about your brand. Uh, let's say it was a whiskey. If, if you happen to be a whiskey and, and, or a scotch or something like this, and these people really know this brand, they're going to know some trivia that maybe you don't even know as a brand ambassador. But That's true. By, by making sure that you're knowledgeable and have read up about the product and are fanatical also about the product, then you connect with those people a little bit better, don't you? Yes, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and it goes the other extreme too. I mean, one, you're gonna connect with these, these people who know everything you possibly wanna know about your brand. Sometimes they'll say things that are inaccurate and Sometimes you got to kind of you got to be a little careful. Sometimes you just kind of let it go. Sometimes you might want to say a little something to correct them and then see what their feedback is. If they become very defensive, you just back off. Um, uh, you know, but you'll hear, oh, I've heard that in that brand they use such and such an ingredient, which in some cases is not true. And you'll explain to them that, oh, that's not the case. They only use, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, but they'll go, oh, no, no, no. It's like it's like, well, OK. You know, and the other thing I've learned is you're, you're going to find the opposite. You're also going to come across people who hate your brand, mm. who have who want nothing to do with your brand. Mm. Um, and you're going to meet them. They're out there. And uh, in those cases, I've, I've, I have a line that I've I use all the time. And it, it's just my my uh, kind of go to neutralizing line. And I'll just say, you know, taste is taste, you know. Some people like coffee. Some people don't like coffee. If you don't like coffee, that doesn't mean the coffee is bad. It doesn't mean the coffee is no good. It just means that's not the taste that you prefer. So you just you, you don't challenge the person. But I've I've always kind of used a little bit of analogies. You know, taste is taste. And, you know, if, if that's not a taste you prefer, I get that. You know, that makes sense. That that does just make leave sense. it at that. That, that's a much better um, um, answer than, than one that I would probably come up with. Like, uh, well, as soon as they start buying rounds of drinks for this bar, then I would understand that they're your friend. But right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So um, there might be some difficulties, too, though, on some of these activations, other than people not appreciating the brand. Maybe there might be... Um, some harassment elements or maybe some um uh in a like maybe they your and brand ambassadors might try to drink some of the product while on the job that might make them not have the best judgment um how does that work you know and, and every company is different on that um uh i always tell my brand ambassadors that i work with that you know we're gonna hit six seven eight bars tonight so you know, think about it. If you're going to try and drink a product at each bar, by the time you're bar number three, you're done for the night. So it's all about pacing and it's and it's and it's about understanding really what your focus is on. And the focus is not, you know, drinking with these people. And some people insist you have a drink with them. 
you know, and, and a lot of times my answer will be, you know, hey, I, I appreciate it. I actually I've got I've got a cold one sitting up at the bar right now, you know, but I, but thank you. You know, you always thank the person. Never don't just say no. Just let, always let them know that you appreciate the offer because they're being very sincere when they want to buy a drink or they want to have a drink with you. They're, mm. You know, they're, that, that's they're being very kind and, and very nice to you when they offer that. Um, you know, you think about it when you go into a bar and you meet someone and someone says, hey, can I buy you a drink? That's a that's you know, there's a connection there and there's a real sincerity there. And uh, so you never want to uh, make the person feel bad for offering to buy you a drink. Hmm. Good point. Good point. So um, are there any tips or tricks um, that, that maybe you can share with with us? First off, maybe I should ask getting hired. Do you hire through a, an agency or how do they, how do the people that are help, your brand ambassadors that are helping you, how do they get connected to a brand like that? And, and again, every, every city is different. Every distributor is different. Uh, sometimes they'll go through an agency. Um, some of the distributors, which I always think is a great idea is they will hire bartenders, um, to come out with us and do these promotions. And they'll be able to be the ones handing out the T-shirts and they'll be the ones talking to the people. And it's great because bartenders have typically all of the things you're looking for, you know, in a brand ambassador. They're good with people. They're around people who have been drinking. You know, they get it on many, many levels. Um, so I, I usually don't have a say in who who they pick and who is with me. That's usually determined uh, at the local level. Right. So. Uh, in in your case, it would be their local um, distributor of that product that's um, that, that's helping with that support, right? Correct. Right. Exactly. Right. And um, so, is there is there a look or an age that you're looking for? Again, it depends on the brand. Um, you know, most most alcohol, you know, their target age is uh, you know twenty one, thirty five. Um, so, you know, you want to try to find somebody a lot of times in that demographic. It's interesting because I'm no longer in that demographic personally, but what I do is so unique and so different. Everybody just loves it anyway. So I, I've never had a, an issue with that. Um, but yeah, typically you want to find somebody that's in, in the same demographic as your target market. Um, what about your management duties? Obviously you're, you're the one that's probably hopping in the van with everybody and going to the next bar. Is there, is there any management um, concerns or, or um, uh, duties that you're, that you're involved in that you, that might be interesting to our listeners? Well, um, I actually, when I go into a market, I actually have a kit that is uh, emailed in advance to the distributor that has all of the do's and don'ts. And, uh, and I asked them to, you know, to go over this with, you know, with the team, uh, prior to going into the accounts. Um, some of the things are, for example, you can't get to every account that's going to want to have this promotion. And so there can be some accounts that can be upset that how can we didn't come into my account? So I kind of give them some ways on how to deal with that. One is I give them some guidelines as to the best types of accounts that work for my particular type of promotion. And I actually give them a letter that they can put on their letterhead that they can give to the accounts because every market, they know who those accounts are. You know, they already know the ones that are going to complain and they know the ones that are going to be upset. So I always try to be proactive on that and give them a letter that just says, hey, we've got this promotion coming into town. And the letter's from me, but it's on their letterhead. 
Um, basically, it says, um, you know, unfortunately, um, I have some guidelines that are required for the types of places that I visit. And uh, unfortunately, your account doesn't work with these guidelines. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to come in. But your distributor has assured me that he's got some very exciting promotions coming up down the line that he's very excited to working with you on. And that way, it diffuses the whole thing. And, um, you know, so you can deal with those people. Um, the other thing I do is a lot of times the accounts will have they'll own more than one account and they could be great accounts. There could be a guy that owns three or four accounts in a town and they're like great accounts. So, but I'll, I usually recommend, you know, rather than spending, you know, if we're only gonna hit eight accounts in the night and three or four are gonna be for the same guy, you're near, you're really not spreading it out that much. And so I suggest you go to them ahead of time and say, look, uh, we've only, we've only gone from a limited amount of time. We want to hit as many accounts as we can you know, which of your accounts would you like us to come into and let the decision be on him. And if he starts complaining, well, can't you do all of them? You know, then, you know, you can kind of deal with that. But usually, very rarely is there an issue with that. They'll usually pick the one account that they wanted to go to and, and that's it. Um, the other thing is if, we're, if, if the time is posted that we're going to be at the account, never be late. Um, and it's just, it's a courtesy. Um, and plus, if you're late, it, it just makes you look bad. And if you're early, people who wanted to come to the uh, to see the promotion, they get there on time and they've missed half of it. So you really have to be, um, you know, you have to, you know, you have to be conscientious of that. Uh, so what I typically do is when we do these promotions, I have an A list and a B list of accounts. The A list are the ones that we are definitely going to hit. The B list is if we're a little ahead of schedule or if we happen to go into an account that's just really slow and there's hardly anybody in there, we can get in and out pretty quickly. What accounts can we go visit that are going to be just surprise accounts that we can just go in and show our appreciation to surprise them? And so we have so that way we never stop moving. We're not we're never sitting around going, well, what do we do now? We've got half an hour to kill. Um, the way I look at that is, you know, these people are spending a lot of money to fly me into their market and I want them to get as much value out of this as possible. If you're sitting around doing nothing, there's no value in that. Now we had discussed um, uh, before we started uh, this interview, um, the differences over time that some of these promotions have uh, have have taken. So like how, how are these on-site promotions different today than they were say 10 years ago? 10 years ago? Um, I'll go back a little further than that. Okay. Because uh, I've, I've been doing it longer. And to me, it's really interesting to see the evolution of where it's gone. Because there, there used to be the phrase responsible consumption of alcohol never existed like 20 years ago. There was, it just never existed. People would just, you know, it just didn't happen. So as a result, when people would go in and do promotions, uh, they would just, you know, people would just drink. And, um, you know, eventually, thank goodness, that has evolved. And people are now, you know, taking more responsibility for their actions and they're drinking more responsibly. Um, so the promotions have changed along with that. It used to be, you know, you do chugging contests. You would do just, just all kinds of, you know, just crazy things, you know, especially like during spring break promotions. They would, 
they would take like a dog bowl and fill it up with the product and, and you had to, <laughs> see who could lap it up the fastest and just just crazy things that we used to do. And, um, you know, those I call those the Wild West days. So, you know, those days have gone. Um, uh, but the, the one thing, you know, and then it, it came more to personal interactions, um, uh, tr- creating a, um, a connection between the promotion and the brand or the, the I should say the consumer and the brand. And um, and so you had to make adjustments for that. And that meant. Uh, you know, spending more time with the consumers and, um, you know, letting them get to know you as a brand and you getting to know them. Um, so with that said, you want to create a, a moment that when they think back to the fun that they're having, they also remember the brand. Uh, today, uh, it's it, it. a lot of promotions have gotten away from that. And now it's all about sampling count. It's about return on investment. So they, they want to know if you went into this bar and I spent X number of dollars on this promotion, how many people sampled my product? And that's how they equate the value of the promotion. And, and there couldn't be, it, it, it is, it's horrible. It's a terrible way to think about a promotion. So, because what you have now is uh, these brand ambassadors who's, main intention is just to hand out samples. And, uh, and in some cases they go in and just they'll, they'll buy the house around of whatever the product happens to be. And the servers will go around and hand them out to everybody. And they don't know some cases what the product is. Some people are like, hey, I didn't order this. Um, they don't know where it came from. You've totally missed this opportunity to create a connection between the brand and the consumer. So uh, that's a trend that really bothers me, and I really hate to see it going that way, um, but I'm seeing more and more of that. I'm going to add a little something to that. Uh, I've gone into bars and accounts 10 years later, and people will come back to see me because they remembered me from 10 years ago, and they will ask me, to perform a certain trick for them because they remember it 10 years later. And that's the kind of impact and potential that these promotions have, that someone's going to remember it 10 years later. And that's, that's the direction people should be thinking. They shouldn't be thinking now in the moment. They should be thinking, how do I build this relationship that's going to last? You know, that's interesting. I think that goes for, for a fun promotion, and it also goes for even if you're representing spirits. Um, yep. I, I happen to know uh, a brand ambassador. Um, you know, he's corporate-level brand ambassador. He travels to very high-level events. Um, but he is a, a whiskey sommelier. This guy knows everything you'd ever want to know about whiskey. And... and because of his knowledge and because of that, you'll see him on YouTube in, in, in talking, but you'll also, when you get a chance to speak to this guy, you won't forget that you spoke to this guy. He's He's got the Scot, you know, Scottish brawl to him that, that yeah. you know, he's genuine. So right. you don't forget that. So if you're doing your job right, it seems to me that you won't be forgotten. Exactly. That's, that's the whole idea. So, um, any last minute tips or, or things? I mean, if, if you're 
if you're just getting into this business as a as a brand ambassador, let's say you were hired, uh, you know, in your local market and you've been assigned to go to X amount of bars or whatever. Any tips or tricks or things that we could share with the, with the audience? Um, you know, one of the things I kind of like to say is take control of your own environment. Um, even though you're walking to somebody else's environment, uh, you know, what can you do? to make the area right around you special and inviting. And, um, and that, that really encourages people to want to come over and talk to you. Uh, or or if, when you step into their space, they look forward to uh, you coming in. So, so taking control of your environment, trying to create your own environment, even though it's within somebody else's environment, um, it's, there's ways to do that, but that, I think that's always something that's good. The other thing is uh, some little tricks and tips I've learned are, um, as as a man, if I'm walking up to a couple, uh, I always make sure to interact with the man first. Uh, I don't know what the relationship is between this man and the woman, but I want to make sure that he feels comfortable before I start talking to the woman that he's with. Um, and then, uh, um, and and. and you know, so the, the little things you just have to just be aware of where, you know, you've got it's it's that first impression thing. You have just a moment to make that first impression. You want to make it a good impression and you don't want people to be, you know, somehow feeling defensive right off the bat. You don't want to have to, you know, dig through that hole. Um, what other little tricks and tips? Um, uh, if if they happen to be two women. Uh, or a group of women, um, I I have found what I wear. Uh, I try to make the brand I'm representing pretty prominent, so that uh, when you walk up to the person, they kind of have a sense that's going to be a promotion, and you're not there trying to hit on them. You're not trying to you know you're not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, you know I you know so that's one of the things I kind of do is what I wear helps me break down that initial barrier. Um, let's see what else is there. Um, that really works well if you're representing an Irish whiskey and dressed like a leprechaun. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and quite awesome. And, you know, and with that said, you know, one of the things I used to tell the ambassadors are, uh, when I work with like during spring break and stuff, you know, you're in bars, you know, the, the men you're working with are going to meet women. The women you're working with are going to meet men. And, you know, I always have to tell them, look, just stay focused on the job. You're not here to find a date. You're not here to pick up on anybody. You're here to promote our brand. And if there's somebody, I always tell them, if there's somebody that you, you would like to meet later, tell them, hey, our last bar we're going to be at tonight is such and such. You know, if you'd like to meet up later, it'd be great to talk with you later. And and that's the conversation. And, you know, and, and uh you know, so I, I'm always like, just just stay focused on the job, because when you're around, when you're in a bar and there's a lot of drinking and there's a lot of things happening in a bar, uh, it's very easy to lose track of what you're really there to be doing. Mm, that's a great tip right there. I love that one. Yeah. Well, Rick, I, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, you know, it's a it's a interesting to look from your perspective, not only through the years that you've had in this, but also um, from the unique uh, presence of stepping into these promotions city after city. What do you say? 40,000? 
40,000 bars. Holy Not 40,000 cities, 40,000 bars. Wow. Well, that's still yeah. very, regardless of how many cities, that's still an, an amazing, amazing number. Um, thank you for being such a good friend, and thank you for coming on to the show today. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Rick Gerber, for all that insight and knowledge that you were able to give us. Well, it's that time in the show where we do a facepalm. Now, typically, a facepalm is an embarrassing moment or something you've seen or done yourself on an activation or in a trade show. But this uh, facepalm today is something that takes place after you're done. This is uh, something that happened to a good friend of mine, Larry Wyatt, while he was on the road in Barcelona in a very famous museum. Here's a facepalm you'll never forget. So this is my absolute favorite trade show story ever, and it actually happened after hours. This was a medical show that I was doing in Barcelona. And it was, the thing that made it unique is I think it must have had, um, it must have been Americans who had organized this show because it was the typical um, American medical show hours, like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, right? Uh, well, in Barcelona, in Spain, that's not how they do things, okay? They don't get rolling till much later in the morning. They take a couple of hours siesta in the middle of the day. Things tend to go a little later. Then they go out and you have dinner at 10 o'clock. You may go to the nightclub at one in the morning and it's just a different lifestyle, right? So I'm there with my medical client who was a friend of mine. I had done many shows with her. So we were pretty close and we were also good friends with the media producer, that had created all the media for the booth. So the three of us were there in Barcelona together. It was the first time we had been to Barcelona. We we're very excited to be there. We're working these torturous, long days, but at night, we wanna see Barcelona. So we're go the three of us are going out together at night, fabulous meals, walking around the Ramblas. We're do doing all this great stuff. It's about a five or six day show. Well. We got to get up, up early every morning the next morning. There are no attendees there at nine in the morning, right? Because they've all been out late at night, but we have to be there. So by the last day of the show, we are exhausted. But we're, man, we're hanging in there. We're doing our job. The only thing that we had not seen that was on our bucket list to see was the, the famous uh, modern art painter Juan Miro, had, was from Barcelona and has his own museum in Barcelona. And it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be fabulous. We wanted to see the Miro Museum. So we looked it up. This is our last day in town. It was open, show closed at six o'clock. The museum was open till seven. So we thought, okay, we have just enough time. When we get through at the show floor, we can hot foot it over there, run in and at least quickly see this museum. That's what we did. We're exhausted, but we go, we're gonna see the Juan Miro Museum. We get there. We think, listen, we better get the little audio guided tour so we can see a little bit of this and know what we're doing in the least amount of time. So we pay for the English version of the, of the tour. Put on our headsets. Well, the person who had recorded the English version, I think they were French, fluent, fluent English speaker, but they had that very mellifluous, Juan Miro was a famous artist from the la 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 Right, that's the, that's the way it sounded. So like, okay, all right, we're listening. We're going from one gallery to another. 
we're listening, we're listening, we're looking at these amazing works of art. We come finally come into the largest gallery of all. And all there is is three giant works of art in this gallery. And it's huge. Three triptychs. Well, triptych on this wall, triptych on this wall, triptych on this wall. All three of these triptychs were simply three giant white canvases with a single black line going across each of the three canvases. And then the next triptych, white canvases with a black line in a different spot on the canvas going across, same thing on the third one. That was this master work of art. Okay, I don't quite see it, but there you go. We come into this gallery, there is a backless bench in the middle of it, so you can sit there and peruse these three great works of art. So we're there, the three of us alone, sitting there, exhausted, listening to this 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 woman t- tell us about, in depth about how he agonized over where to put that black line on each one of these. La 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 la. Well, by this time we're just listening. You know, I found myself closing my eyes and listening, and then I felt my client leaning against me, sort of slumping, listening. And I'm just listening, la, 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 la. And amidst this melodious droning on, I hear another noise. I hear click, 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 click. I open my eyes. There was a man standing there with a fancy SLR camera taking pictures of the three ugly Americans, me with my eyes closed, head down, she slumped over next to me, and our friend Brad completely lying across this backless bench with his eyes closed listening. Uh, We opened our eyes and saw this. It was the most hysterical thing we'd ever seen. I, I only wish we had chased this guy down and begged him to send us pictures of what we must have looked like. This great museum, just apparently asleep, draped all over the furniture. It was it was an absolute priceless moment. Well, I want to thank all of my guests today, especially Rick Gerber, for sharing some of his insights to the world of brand ambassadors. And Larry, I'll remember that next time I'm in Barcelona not to fall asleep in a museum. Well, I hope that you will join us next week here on Face the Event. Subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Alexa. We are just about everywhere you can find a podcast. So please subscribe. And will you do me a favor? While you're there subscribing, will you leave a comment or a review? Give us a five stars and a thumbs up and a great review. That'll help us keep this podcast going. Until next week, thank you, and I look forward to seeing you out on an event.